This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Hey, missiles yet? Well, we're back. Either way. Internet Today is back. <laughs> After a much-needed and shockingly less eventful break than last time. The best week we could possibly have picked. Nothing yeah. fucking happened. Although it would be extremely hard to beat an actual insurrection on the U.S. Capitol while the two guys from the Internet News Show are temporarily unplugged. But, uh, yeah, I mean, things went considerably much better this time than the last time we took a break. I was sure that Matt Gates was going to get, like, handcuffed and hauled to jail while we were gone. But, uh, yeah, it proves that the curse of us leaving isn't true. Yeah. Now, that's not to say a whole lot of stuff, good, bad, funny, horrible, neutral, or otherwise, didn't happen while we were gone. So let's get caught up on some stuff that stood out to us once we returned to the glow of our computer monitors. First of all, it was Memorial Day on Monday of this week, and if there was any clear-cut indication that America is back. It was Memorial Day and the weekend that preceded it. Travel numbers from the TSA and AAA proved that this was the most active weekend since the pandemic began, with more than 37 million people hitting the road and upwards of 6 million people passing through airports on their ways to far-off destinations. Beaches, lakes, mountain towns, resorts, and casinos. All of them were packed to whatever capacity limits were allowed. And even box office numbers returned to normal, as Cruella and A Quiet Place Part Two, or A Quieter Place, as mm -hmm. I call it, raked in tens of millions of dollars each over the three-day holiday weekend. America is back. We're back. Whether you like to admit it or America's not. America's back, and it has lost all of its manners. <laughs> there, people, uh, we've talked about this before, people are uh, coming out of uh, pandemic quarantine and immediately going full throttle. Uh, there's been numerous uh, examples in like the NBA playoffs. People like throwing things Every on the court. Every sports game has massive fights breaking yeah, out. Running the onto the court, streaking, all kinds of shit happening. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Unless you were like me and uh, got way more into drinking during the pandemic, mm -hmm. your alcohol tolerance is probably dog shit at this point, and you should really be careful out there. I saw people getting dragged out of like, there's this, there's apparently this like sports bar pool in uh, Vegas now, where it's like giant screens, but like Ooh, pools Vegas has got to be a real people real like shit show. drowning in like four feet of water. That's how crazy things are right now. Anyways, exactly. shockingly, Memorial Day is more than barbecue, beaches, and booze. It's also about honoring members of the military who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And there are no shortage of people who honestly spend the day honoring friends and family who died serving their country. But there's also plenty of people who will just post a photo of an American flag and then move on. Or, That's enough patriotism for today. Exactly. Or in the case of a few members of the GOP, will retweet or promote any post that even resembles some sort of tribute to a fallen member of our military without so much as giving it a second look. There's a term for virtue signaling? Mm -hmm. Would this be virtue signaling? No. I don't know. Now, that's also, also obviously just to score points with their constituents yeah. and, and, and show how much they support our troops. I support the troops so much that anyone who tweets a photo of a person in uniform at me, I will retweet it. Yeah. That's how much I love. Look at that beautiful uniform. Our fallen soldiers mm -hmm. and mariners and uh, uh, marines. Seamen. And seamen. Yes. Especially the seamen. Yes. Anyway, journalist Ken Klippenstein proved just what we said right now about <laughs> yeah. how they'll do the, the big politicians and, and blue checks, they'll retweet just anything, anything resembling a, a, a sincere military tribute post. Yeah. Uh, he proved this by sending out a photo of JFK assassin Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, who was a Marine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, his military photo of him dressed in his uh, uniform from his days in the Marines. 
He sent that out to a number of prominent figures in the GOP with the message, Sir, my grandpa's a big fan of yours and is a veteran. He would be thrilled if you could RT this photo of him for Memorial Day. Here he is as a young private first class. Happy Memorial Day. And well, yeah. First of all, it's like the wrong holiday. Like anyone who's retweeting this is like, but, but yeah, it's look, about, I respect the service, but this is about people who you uh, said you're still alive. Well, wait for your fucking day then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Veterans Day is uh, it was a few months away, buddy. Uh, but yeah, sure enough, uh, Matt Schlapp, Dinesh D'Souza and even Matt Gates all took time out of their busy, busy schedules to uh, retweet this request without giving it a second thought or apparently a second look or Anything. Dare I say, even a first look. Yeah. Uh, aside from Oswald being instantly recognizable to almost anyone who's aware of major U.S. history, you would also assume that these guys would at least click on Ken's name, since he is verified, and you'd think they'd maybe scroll down a bit or click the link in his bio to check out his reporting and see that he is absolutely trolling them. Yeah. I, I'm shocked he still gets away with it. I can't believe it. Because uh, yeah. he, he, he's made a career of pissing off all the right people. Mm-hmm. I, I thought for sure that it wouldn't work this year. But, he keeps surprising And me. yeah, he's done this pretty much every year. It's not always Oswald. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he mixes it up with <laughs> yeah. like movie characters, um, other people. I've seen other people use Christopher Dorner. Yes. Very successfully There many was a, times. a lot of that going around honoring the troops, and it was Christopher Dorner's picture. But uh, yeah, last year, Ken Klippenstein, uh, he convinced a former acting director of national intelligence from the Trump administration to thank convicted war criminal William Calley for their service. Uh, the yeah. the Lai Massacre, you should look it up. It's uh, one of the, I can't, I can't even say the most horrific thing our military has done, but it's definitely really high up there. Yeah. And uh, important note that he was actually convicted. So he was. There you go. And that was on Veterans Day, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't the only completely tone deaf display of fake patriotism from this past weekend, though, because over in Dallas, Texas, there was a fairly large official gathering of QAnon supporters. They're like, no, this isn't a QAnon thing, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a movement, uh, by the way, QAnon, a movement that, despite dwindling guidance from their anonymous leader, still seems to be growing at a rapid pace, with a recent poll showing that, quote, of Americans say they think that the levers of power are controlled by a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles, a core belief of QAnon supporters. I mean, to be fair, they're not that far off, but the key details there are are, very distinctive. Uh, That same share said it was true that, quote, American patriots may have to resort to violence to depose the pedophiles and restore the country's rightful order. And fully 20% of the respondents said that they thought a biblical-scale storm would soon sweep away these evil elites and restore the rightful leaders. So that wonderful group of people got together and paid at least $500 per ticket for a big conference over the weekend titled Forgotten Country, Patriot Roundup. And according to reporting from Vice, uh, the whole thing went as expected with highlights and quotes that are actually, if you look at them in any other context, shocking and horrifying. Yeah, like it's easy to laugh at these people, but it's like... What they're saying is actually fucked up. I mean, they already stormed the Capitol and it was mostly a fucking joke, but like... They're willing to try. I I mean, yeah, they might do something like that again and they might do a better job of it again. But it's stuff that we have grown numb to. It it sucks, but it is. And that just says a lot of things about, you know, how things are in this country, both mentally and otherwise. But uh, we've covered this for months. You get it. Anyway, from uh, the Vice article, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn called for a coup. While speaking on stage, Flynn was asked by an audience member who said he'd been in the military, I want to know why what happened in Myanmar can't happen here. After cheers from the crowd died down, Flynn responded, no reason. I mean, it should happen here. 
fuck. There you go. Um, Sidney uh, Powell, you remember Sidney Powell, yeah. the uh, the uh, the Trump weirdo lawyer lady. She showed, uh, she turned up in a biker vest. Uh, yeah, looking real cool. Yeah, she was, she yeah. was she was one of the trio of psychos uh, working along. She was with Giuliani and Lynn Wood. Uh, they were really trying to prove that the election was stolen, but. She got unceremoniously kicked off their team for apparently being too nuts even for Giuliani and company. No, she has nothing to do with it. We don't know her. We've never even met her. Mm -hmm. Here's a picture of you next to her last week. Uh, That could have been anybody. Fake news. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she was there to inspire a bit of hope for those still coping and seething and malding about the (laughs) 2020 election, saying that Trump could simply be reinstated and adding that a new inauguration date will be set and Biden is told to move out of the White House. Hypothetically, of course. Yeah, but, but, you know. Keep hope alive. I I saw someone online comparing this to like the power of positive thinking, mm-hmm. like it, they're trying to just like manifest. Yeah, it's, it's the uh, secret. Yeah, it, really, has, it literally it, is all the of these people literally have vision boards, yeah. whether they want to admit it or not, with it, yarn and all this kind of if shit. We all go home and cut out a picture of Donald Trump from a, a magazine and put it on our board. He will become president. The tipping point is now a QAnon manifesto. Yeah. Uh, also in the article, the Texas Congressman Louis Gohmert appeared on stage at one point where he proceeded to downplay the seriousness of the January 6th riots, calling the insurrection on the Capitol, no big deal. And uh, there was even an auction where fools and their money could soon be parted. And they were, quote, among the items up for auction was some 1776 themed fan art and a blanket with a Q logo on it, which was signed by Flynn as well as pro-Trump lawyer Lynn Wood and my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. Holy shit. It sold for thousands. Also sold on the night was a baseball bat, again signed by the disgraced former national security advisor. Flynn told the audience that he and his wife called the bat the Department of Just Us. It sold for $8,000. God damn. Yeah. But again... We got to get on this grift. Yeah, I mean, start selling uh, NFTs of Donald Trump to these people. Yeah. It's literally just a gift. Yeah. But... Uh, a, grift, a grift of gifts. Yep. But yeah, again, it was a busy weekend for grifters because uh, before his retweet of remembrance for Lee Harvey Oswald, Matt Gates was back in the public eye once again, despite uh, allegedly being under federal investigation for alleged sex trafficking, misappropriation of funds, and a bunch of other crimes. And this time, he was speaking alongside Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm-hmm. Marjorie the Gathering, as I like to call her. <laughs> MTG. Yeah. Seen here doing her best Mexican accent. Yeah, they're down there. They're like this. They're like, we're making a lot of money off of Biden. Joe Biden. Um, during his speech, he not so subtly hinted that maybe people should take up arms against big tech companies over cancel culture. Ah, here's the clip. The Internet's hall monitors out in Silicon Valley... They think they can suppress us, discourage us. Maybe if you're just a little less patriotic, maybe if you just conform to their way of thinking a little more, that you'll be allowed to participate in the digital world. Well, you know what? Silicon Valley can't cancel this movement or this rally or this congressman. We have a second amendment in this country, and I think we have an obligation to use it. And, uh, oh, speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene. MTG. MTG. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went so far off the fucking deep end last week that even Ben Shapiro had to distance himself from her and her insane rhetoric after she tweeted comparisons between the Holocaust and vaccinations, saying, This is demented nonsense. It is nothing like the Holocaust, and any comparison here thereto is both insulting and insane. Uh, and then cue the Onion article. Heartbreaking. The worst person you know just made a great point. Yeah. 
There was also that that haberdashery, that hat shop over in uh, West Virginia. Who was doing the like the yellow stars? Like, yeah, come in and buy your uh, yellow star patch that says unvaccinated. And everyone's just like, little on the nose there. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. too on. It's like, and especially like at a moment where a lot of people are like somewhat legitimately up in arms about like rising anti-Semitism. <laughs> it's like the the side that is supposedly on the side of uh, Israel and whatnot is the ones making, uh, you know, Stars of David, uh, uh, basically equating um, vaccination with genocide. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But uh, while diving straight back into reality after a nice break is almost certainly going to be filled with bad news, uh, let's abruptly switch gears for a second with uh, some slightly good news because... Police canines in America, they're being forced to retire. Good. And they're going back to being good boys instead of narcs. Yeah. And that's thanks to an ever-growing amount of states that are decriminalizing or straight-up legalizing marijuana. ACAB does include dogs. So this is great news. <laughs> These dogs are no longer bastards. Yeah. Paw Patrol, you are safe. Yeah. Uh, from a recent Associated Press article, quote, As Virginia prepares to legalize adult possession of up to an ounce of marijuana on July 1st, drug-sniffing police dogs from around the state are being forced into early retirement following a trend in other states where legalization has led to canines being put out to pasture earlier than planned. And that sounds bad, but it literally just means they're retiring. Yeah. It sounds like they're getting uh, killed, but they're not. <laughs> now we will kill all these They're not greyhounds. <laughs> Florida. Uh, anyway, yeah, it continues. Virginia State Police are retiring 13 canines, while many smaller police departments and sheriff's offices are retiring one or two dogs. Most are in the process of purchasing and training new dogs to detect only illicit drugs, including cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamine. Those dogs are going to be fucking party. Some departments are unable to afford up to $15,000 to buy and train a new dog, so they are disbanding their canine units. Good. Hey, look. Good. De- defunding works. They they should give these weed dogs to stoners. Yeah. That way, every time their new owner smokes weed, they feel like they're back at work. Because dog, dogs need to feel like they're at work. It's like when retirees get a job greeting people at Walmart. Yeah. They need to keep busy. Yeah. You go crazy if you're just doing nothing. Yeah. All the craziest dogs are the ones that don't do shit. Plus, your fucking dirtbag friend comes over and is like, I'm low on weed this week. Can we? Nope. He's got it. He, he, ju- he just smoked. He says you got a lot on you. Yeah. Anyways, the article states that uh, they can't use or retrain dogs who were previously trained to alert officers to marijuana because it uh, wouldn't be submissible in court since it would be impossible to prove that the dog didn't just alert because of the sense of totally legal, totally fine weed. Yeah, the cops are saying like, once a dog is trained to sniff out marijuana, it can't yeah. be untrained. Yeah. You can train it to sniff out other illicit drugs, but it'll always have that instinct to go to marijuana. And that makes any evidence submitted, yeah, uh, yeah they'd have to throw it away. Uh, and in states where this has already happened, the, the dogs have found homes through adoption. So that's good. That's good. Hopefully some good stoner homes where every day they're just like, where is it? And they're like, good boy. Mm-hmm. And the dog's like, I did a good job today. <laughs> Give me a treat. Mm-hmm. A weed gummy. Yeah. Don't give your dogs weed. No. There well, are CBD dog treats. Yes, there you go. Uh, we do have a, a decent mix of stories coming up for you after the quick break. Uh, but first, let's take uh, a second to thank today's sponsor, Magic Spoon, the delicious cereal that you don't have to feel bad when you're snacking on. Look, I'm not going to lie. I ate like crap during my vacation, and I ruined weeks, if not months, of progress that I had made. So it is actually great having Magic Spoon to help with my sweet tooth. Now, growing up, cereal, it was one of the best parts of being a kid. But, you know, got to give it up because you realize it's full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. 
Luckily, InSteps Magic Spoon with a great tasting cereal that's got zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Also, only 140 calories in each serving. As you can see, and in every other episode, Elliot loves it. Can't keep this away I from I really me. do. So try Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors in a four-flavor variety pack featuring cocoa, fruity, frosted, and my favorite, peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. It's honestly too good to be true. And by the way, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Click the link below to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code TODAYDAILY at checkout to get $5 off any order. Uh, or just go to magicspoon.com slash todaydaily. Mm -hmm. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Click the link below and use the code todaydaily for $5 off or go to magicspoon.com slash todaydaily to save $5 today. It's really good. Mm -hmm. All right, well back into it with a, a unique idea for dealing with people who are still holding out on getting their vaccines. Now, at this point, a lot of states, uh, including California, yeah. are, are offering <laughs> incentives to convince holdouts to get that damn jab, including, uh, including lotteries with cash prizes. Uh, and I do want to say, uh, I like how they did it at least, I know that they did it this way here, where if you got your vaccine, yeah, you're, already, you're already in. Because yeah. it would suck to be like, well, I would have just waited yeah. and stayed inside and got the money. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seems like these in initiatives are actually somewhat successful, uh, especially in yeah. states that had uh, dwindling numbers uh, a month or two ago that have tried it out. But uh, what if, instead of dangling cash in front of people's faces, you just charge them more for certain activities that could potentially put them and others at risk, like, like going to a concert? Yes, yes. From ABC News, a concert promoter in Florida came up with a creative way to encourage his community to get vaccinated by offering $18 discounted tickets to an upcoming show for those who have been vaccinated and charging $1,000 per ticket for those who have not. The tickets are for a punk show at a local VFW with bands Teenage Bottle Rocket, Make War, and Rudderkin on the lineup. Now, the promoter, Paul Williams, said he wanted to plan a concert so that people could safely enjoy uh, being in a concert and that he also wanted it to be a vaccine drive to get the fence sitters off the fence. With the singer of Teenage Bottle Rocket adding, we're all vaccinated. We encourage everyone to get vaccinated so we can see you in the pit. Get in the pit Hell and, yeah. and actually love someone. So we're not sure about the legality of this, especially since it's ta this is taking place in Florida, where Ricky knows from firsthand very recent experience. Yeah. There are literally no restrictions. No masks. But uh, Mr. Williams told ABC that he is not, he's not going to deny entry to unvaccinated concertgoers. He says, you can buy a full-price ticket and you'll be treated like everyone, <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's $1,000. So, yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah. You're allowed in. You just have to pay. I know inflation's crazy right now, but $18 for a punk show, even for the vaccinated people, it's a bit high. Yeah. Back in my day. Yeah, but look, the band's got to get paid. Yeah. They haven't been working for uh, over a year. I, you know, give them the money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, literally anyone bitching about this probably would have never gone to this punk show in the first place. Uh, plus, it's great promotion for the show either way. Mm -hmm. But uh, we would definitely expect some kind of anti-vax presence at the venue when this show happens later this month. Uh, just like uh, locally here, how uh, things are pretty much back to normal and going fully back to normal on June 15th. And uh, every weekend that goes by, there's just a, 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 a growing amount of people hanging out down at the Tin Horn Flats, doing all kinds of stuff, doing protests, waving their flags, selling uh, merchandise with Don't Step on Snake yeah. and all kinds of stuff yeah. on it. That fucking restaurant, man. 
Yeah, God, they could have been back in business by now, like everyone else. Anyway, over in major sports news, though, swish. Yeah. Uh, this is actually something that's so big that you should be aware of it, regardless of how little you may care about sports, because one of the best tennis players in the world and the number one highest paid female athlete, Naomi Osaka, just fucking quit. At yeah. the height of her career, because of stupid, archaic rules regarding the press and interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, if you're a big sports star, you have to do interviews, despite the fact that constant interviews lead to boring, repetitive answers. And honestly, there's not a lot to get out of these athletes in the first place, other than trying to goad them into attacking other players or other teams for drama and hype building. Outside of trying to o- overproduce like rivalries or snag a headline-worthy quote, the typical sports interview consists of a conversation about the player or the team's performance, good or bad, and, and why that is and how they feel about it. It's not exactly thrilling stuff. It's like, yeah, so I went out there, I uh, I played, played hard, yeah. and then I won. Or, yeah, so I went out there, I played Rough hard, day. but, uh, you know, just wasn't in the just cards. didn't work out for me. Uh, yeah, it, we, I, th- that's the way it goes. And it's like that with, we have first-hand experience with the... Uh, Movie promotion side oh, of things. Oh, fucking. It's like, you have five minutes to ask the same question that every other journalist here asked. And if they ask the question that actually got them a headline for their outlet, they're, they, people look down on it because you're uh, upsetting everyone. Yeah. And we're supposed to ask it. Uh, and uh, it just, uh, actors and directors have to do it because if they don't, then no one in fucking uh, 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 Boise, Idaho yeah. is going to know that this movie's coming out. Yeah, junkets fucking suck. Anyways, this kind of press is mandatory, and players can and have been fined for skipping out on doing press. There's the famous quote, uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined. (laughs) Uh, And that includes Osaka, who was just fined $15,000 for announcing that she would not participate in post-match news conferences during the French Open, and then followed through on that. Uh, After the fine was levied against her, along with threats that she could be expelled from the tournament, she made the announcement that she would be withdrawing from the French Open and uh, at least temporarily putting down her racket. From a post to her Instagram, I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction, and I accept my timing was not ideal, and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018, and I have a really hard time coping with that. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm introverted, and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones, and that helps dull my social anxiety. Yeah, so for the unaware, the 2018 U.S. Open was where Osaka exploded into the spotlight after beating one of her childhood heroes, Serena Williams. To the sound of boos from the crowd in attendance, causing her to break down in tears. Ah, tennis play- tennis fans are fucking uh, probably the worst fans. <laughs> like they, it's like I mean, all sports fans are terrible, but like hardcore like tennis fans are fucking psychos. Yeah. Anyways, from an ESPN write-up at the time, quote: As Asaka walked to the stage for the trophy celebration, the boos continued. She pulled her black Adidas visor down over her eyes and cast her eyes downward. Tears streamed down her cheeks, and she looked as if she wanted to disappear. Yeah, uh, very it's supposed sad. to be like the best day of her life, and everyone's just booing her. Fuck off. Yeah, I think tennis it suffers from that problem, like uh, other like snobby sports. Golf has gotten better uh, with the commentary and and yeah. how they approach things. Tennis is still in that like really snooty zone where everything has to be a certain way. Like these press things are mandatory because that's the way things yeah. are. And it's especially stupid because you know they're booing Naomi Osaka for beating. A Williams sister when like the tennis world was just like notoriously like fucking 15 years of thinly veiled racism against the uh, Williams sisters and and now they're they found a, uh, the the new one to replace the old one 
Anyway, yeah. back to this week and her announcement that she was withdrawing from the French Open. Look, good for her. Yeah. She makes them all look like dicks. French Open's going to lose out on infinitely more viewership than the stupid press interviews ever could have brought in. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, her sponsors and other notable athletes have all come out in support of her decision. And regarding the whole absurd idea that press is necessary for these events, this quote from The Guardian's Jonathan Liu regarding her announcement sums it up pretty well. The great conceit of the press conference is that it is basically a direct line from the athlete to the public at large. That we humble scribes are but the people's faithful eyes and ears in the land of the gods. In case you hadn't noticed, this hasn't really been true for a while. Athletes now have their own direct line to the public, and spoiler, it's not us. Hard as it is to believe, Osaka's function as an entertainer and corporate billboard is contingent on her playing tennis at an appointed hour, rather than being forced to sit in a windowless room explaining herself to a room full of middle-aged men. And so, the modern press conference is no longer a meaningful exchange, but really a lowest common denominator transaction. A cynical and often predatory game in which the object is to mine as much content from the subject as possible. Gossip. Good. Anger. Good. Feuds. Good. Tears. Good. Personal tragedy. Good. Meanwhile, the young athlete, often still caught up in the emotions of victory or defeat, is expected to answer the most intimate questions in the least intimate setting, in front of an array of strangers and backed by a piece of sponsored cardboard. It is, I, that's another thing you don't really think about. It's like, you know, imagine, you know, the last time you like worked out, went to the gym or whatever, and like really exerted yourself, put in like, really put in the energy. Imagine like having to go into a room immediately after that and like talk about how bad or good you did. Answer and just answer questions from like thirty fucking people. Yeah, and, like just even being able to like think. Straight. And it's even worse than that too because like uh, you know with that competitive mindset, like you are either on a high after winning or in a lot of cases suffering from even if it doesn't carry on to your normal life. A very uh, short period of depression. Yeah, I mean, you just, uh, just fucked up in front of millions of people. <laughs> you're literally, your emotions are as high or as low as they could possibly be, yeah. and you're like carted into a room where they're like, oh, well, how's it feel? Feels like shit. What do you think? It literally, it sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. And God damn it. A lot of post-game interviews have been going that way in yeah. recent years, and good. We don't need to hear what these people think all the time. Yeah. Like, talk to them after the season or something like that. Or if something major happened, like, I don't know. It's just, it seems kind of pointless. Yeah. And it's obviously taking a strain on a lot of younger athletes. Uh, her sister apparently came out and said that, uh, I guess the terrain on the French Open is clay. Yeah. And that uh, she is not as good on clay. And the press knows that and keeps beating that into her, trying to get a response out of her. And it's obviously causing her distress, which fucking sucks. Just leave her alone. Yeah. But hey, good for her. Yes. She's using she's using the the power she has at the height of her in this too. business. Yeah. Like they need her more than really she needs them, mm -hmm. and she's uh, she's doing what uh, a lot more people should uh, do with yes. the power they may not realize they have, mm -hmm. and she's uh, putting her foot down to stop something that she doesn't like. Yes, and uh, yeah, I don't. I mean. This might actually inspire some real change in the industry if, if more athletes get behind this. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we don't know how to properly transition from. This story, this emotionally yet inspiring story about pro athletes, to this next story, this absurd, ridiculous story. So we'll just jam the headline in your face instead. North Korea bans skinny jeans, piercings in war on capitalistic lifestyle. They got us. They really pegged us with our skinny jeans and yeah. our piercings. Sorry, all you Pyongyang hype beasts. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. It's over with now. Uh, yeah, according to South Korean-based Yonhap News Agency by way of Newsweek, 
History teaches us a crucial lesson that a country can become vulnerable and eventually collapse like a damp wall, regardless of its economic and defense power, if we do not hold on to our own lifestyle. Rodong Sinmun, an organ of the North's ruling Workers' Party, reportedly wrote on May 13th, we must be wary of even the slightest sign of the capitalistic lifestyle and fight to get rid of them. Other outlets, which, I mean, take this with a grain of salt, but it is North Korea we're talking about here. Other outlets have reported that uh, this fight against capitalistic lifestyle has resulted in, quote, a ban of decadent Western fashion staples, such as the mullet haircut, <laughs> shirts featuring slogans, lip and nose piercings, and the popular millennial staple, skinny jeans. Uh, new laws now outline acceptable socialist hairdos. Of the 15 permitted styles, spiked and dyed hair are strictly prohibited. And I love how this fashion guide or whatever that North Korea is using is literally 20 to yeah. 30 years out of date. Yeah. Going go to North Korea is like going to a fucking middle school dance. No spaghetti straps, uh, you know, no bare midriff. And, and keep uh, enough space for the Lord. Lord yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like he literally banned uh, everything that his favorite NBA player uh, example. Oh, shit. Dennis Rodden. Trouble in paradise. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now, look, this is this North Korea fighting this capitalistic lifestyle. This is a major win for Generation Z. Yeah. who have been at war with skinny jeans for months now. And they see them as a fashion faux pas and an uncomfortable relic of the past. Is Kim Jong-un the ultimate Zoomer or just a fashion icon? Only time will tell. Speaking of Korea, specifically yeah. the South Korea this time, uh, they have brought the world an icon of their own. Step aside, lady crush me mommy milkers Dimitrescu of Resident <laughs> Evil fame. <laughs> It's Samantha Samsung's time to shine as the latest virtual obsession for people who are way too horny online and can't stop telling on themselves. Mm -hmm. Bonk. It's bonks all around <laughs> for everyone online who recently discovered this marketing material for Samsung that was never actually used because people who didn't get outside this holiday weekend, they're horny for this attractive digital woman. Yes. And we know most of it is a joke, but in every joke hides a kernel of truth. Yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a joke if... You didn't believe there it? wasn't a no. little bit to it, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, look, most of the internet gets obsessed with something, and it's immediately heightened to ridiculous levels. But there were certainly no shortage of posts, memes, and yes, Rule 34 content completely flooding Reddit and Twitter over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And the popularity of this virtual sales rep is undeniable, and it's continuing to grow as we speak. People love her. Uh, and that, of course, leaves Samsung with a tough decision that has almost certainly actually been discussed by now. Embrace this old marketing material, which is now massively popular, but in doing so, acknowledge that people are horny as hell for a computer-generated woman that reps your company, or burn any proof that you had anything to do with this and hope that the internet forgets about her. This is exactly the kind of Western decadence that Kim Jong-un was talking about exactly. earlier. Yeah. They don't have, have to the... look, look no further than over the demilitarized yeah. zone. It's Sodom and Gomorrah down there. They're simping for a, a fucking digital avatar. It's disgusting. She does wear skinny jeans, this avatar. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, button-up shirt. You know what feels great about this? The AT&T girl. The heat is off. She, uh... <laughs> She actually recently, uh, some, she kept getting messages on like Instagram or something. It was like, hey, how come you're like, uh, how come you wear a lot more loose fitting clothing now? She's just like, because I'm directing the commercials now and I got tired of you freaks like, yeah, like lusting after me as a cell phone salesman. It's fucking weird. 
You're all weird. Well, now they they have a virtual uh, yeah. person. No one's getting hurt. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that is... Uh... Just like Lady uh, Dimitrescu or whatever their fucking name is. Mommy Milkers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the cosplay for this is uh, far less sexual, at least now. Yeah. Because it, it just looks like she works at a cell phone store. Yeah, give it a week. Give it a month. <laughs> yeah, well, the Rule 34 stuff is uh, already proving that wrong. Anyways, that's it for this episode. We're back. We yeah. promise not to leave you hanging again for at least a few more months. Mm-hmm. But if for some reason you haven't watched our episodes from almost two weeks ago, it's not news. It's old. Yeah. But it's there. Uh, go check them out by clicking on them. Uh, one was deleted by YouTube at some point. That was, that was fun. I was out at Korean barbecue enjoying my break. Feeling a little bit tipsy and get an email from YouTube. It's like, hey, you broke all the rules. We removed your video. I was like, God damn it. I don't I was, want to fucking deal with this right now. I'm on vacation. I was uh, in a uh, hotel room bed uh, trying to go to sleep. And nothing nothing gets you ready for a nice, long, restful sleep. Like getting an email saying that uh, YouTube has taken action against your fucking yeah. livelihood. Anyway, we appealed it. And, they, and within, five minutes later. within five minutes, they were like, oh, my bad. So yeah. I don't know what that was about. But yeah. find out why. It might have been banned by clicking on every video on our channel and watching them all the way through to see why YouTube may have been angry at us. Yeah, you are the algorithm now. Yeah. Watch all of our videos. <laughs> I am the algorithm now. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll be back with a new episode of Tech News Day real soon. Uh, but in the meantime, check those videos out. And uh, look, we're back. We're, we're happy to see you again. Hopefully, you've returned as well. Bye. Bye. <laughs>